welcome back. We're so glad you're here. It's been a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. Too long. Too long. Over a year. Over a year. (laughs) We're like, let's start a podcast in a year and a half. (laughs) But let's tell everybody now. We were just building the suspense, you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. We had to build the suspense. Yeah. So... Cool. So here we are. I'm really glad we're back. This is the post-racial podcast. Don't forget that the post is scratched out because it's not true. We do not live in a post-racial society. And that's what we talk about today. I'm Sydney. And I'm Liana. And welcome welcome to to our our post-racial podcast. Yay. Yay. (laughs) We've been gone for so long. So long. The last time we were here was... A year and a half ago. 2018 holiday season. And now we're back you back with you for the 2020 Valentine's Day. <laughs> so Day long. Of love. <laughs> well, this is how long it takes in the real world, you know? Woman-owned business, trying to make it, trying to find a space, trying to find a space with good sound. Yeah. Has not been an easy feat, but we are so happy to be here where we are right now. Yeah, since we saw you last, we... Uh, had some art shows. By we, I mean Liana had that. <laughs> we published some writing. We've been publishing more writing. Mm-hmm. We've had some clients. Mm-hmm. Lots of clients. Had a lot of life changes. We had some doulas, some babies. Mm-hmm. Huh? We doulaed some babies, yeah. We some babies. Mm-hmm. It's been a big year. It has been a big year. Yeah. And a half. Almost and a half. two years. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're coming at you from the tiny... Four by five room with two beers, and we're ready to go. Picking up where we left off. Picking up where we left off. So we have today for you, um, we're just back. We're excited, and, um, you know, we're going to get better at this. And uh, we found, like, uh, we found it really important to just do it, you know? Like, let's just do it. Let's just do it, put ourselves out there, and um, just start to work all over again and not get caught up in in, you know, our minds about it. And um, so we figured today we'd start off with just sort of a reminder of why we even do this work, um, why interracial relationships. Yeah, so we, for, you know, Valentine's Day and Black History Month and for the love of intersectional feminism, <laughs> we asked our Instagram followers, which, by the way, if you aren't one, you should be one, mm-hmm. the good people's group. Mm-hmm. But we asked people to submit questions about interracial relationships and intersectional feminism celebrate valentine's day Mm -hmm. what a celebration that is right (laughs) and even in the process of going through these questions thinking about questions other people had asked us in you know trainings or conversations or like rants at 2 a.m we were like how do we answer these because (laughs) it's really hard to talk about interracial relationships Mm -hmm. and in fact the work of interracial relationships is talking about it. It is, and nobody wants to talk about it because it's weird. There's so many variables, and I think about how long we've been doing this work and how much even we have changed in terms of our perspectives and our understanding and our learning. I think that that flexibility is so important, you know, that it's constantly changing and growing and we're learning, and there's more layers that just keep getting added to the complexity of the conversation it already is like, whoa, this is so much. And, um, you know, I think that part of what we're trying to do here, too, and we talked about this many times, is, is really to change 
you know, the, the, the things that come to mind when we hear about interracial relationships. Um, right now, when we hear the word interracial relationships or you Google it, um, it's pretty scary. It's a pretty scary world out there. It's, it's just all fetishizing and exoticizing and over-sexualization. And um, it's really kind of becoming a place where I think this really inspired the name post-racial podcast, you know, post being scratched out, right? Mm -hmm. You guys can't see that where we're sitting, but it really um, inspired that, I think, at least for me in my mind when we named the podcast, because these messages keep sending the greater public, the greater population, these messages that racism is gone, um, these complexities in our relationships no longer exist, and that scares the absolute fucking hell out of me. Like, it scares me so much when I think about families, right? Like, it scares me so much <laughs> because I'm like, how do you raise families like that? How, you know, particularly as a therapist, I see so many people who are in families, uh, including myself, um, growing up where we were silenced in talking about that and unable to connect to our identities. And so I, f I feel like it's such a dangerous message. And I'm, I'm just really glad that you're on the road with me to dismantle, <laughs> dismantle those messages. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I guess I don't have, obviously, that experience, but I did grow up in a family that's all white, and so we, you know, definitely didn't talk about race at all. In fact, I don't even think that we even thought we had one. <laughs> like, that is not uh, a healthy way to approach a conversation about race, but that that totally exists. All of our relationships, our interactions are still informed. They're all racialized. They're all mm -hmm. informed by that lens. And so I've already, I've seen in my perspective, you know, my growing up, my experience, how not acknowledging race was super detrimental to like my mental health, our whole family, our relationships, and not thinking about the ways that like, whiteness in particular totally severed all of our like family connections and made it weird. And, and yeah, so. Yeah, and how do you bring that back and you know welcome again to our podcast because this is really what we're going to be talking about is how to take these really big ideas right you know i think that we so often intellectualize you know these these concepts and these violent acts such as racism which is obviously you know part of white supremacy and and patriarchy and all of these things right and we we they're so big and they seem so separate from from us in our everyday lives. And at least in my experience, I find that to be the most challenging. I've devoted my life to, to reading and understanding, but that has not been the hard part. It's pretty easy to sit down and read a book that I really like. It's a, it's a lot harder to, um, to live those ideals, you know, and to be in relationship with people that are different than me and not feel like I'm fucking up or being fucked over, you know, all the time. Um, and it's created quite almost a paranoia of such. So I wonder, you know, I wonder, and I'm just so excited to have the conversation around what this means and just this kind of journey for us in, in starting this, this conversation, having it a little differently. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I'm just going to, you know, shout out to you right across <laughs> from me. Earlier today when we were talking about this podcast, Liana said, it's one thing to talk about race, right? Or like you said, read about it or like write about what it is, what the idea of it is. But it's like wholly another thing 
to actually try to navigate what it means in a relationship because it's so complicated. Like you can internalize racism, white supremacy, or, you know, and obviously we don't think the race exists without all the other pieces of identity too. But like, you know, you can internalize it in a million different ways. And we've been talking about a specific situation where someone asked if you're a white woman invited to, you know, predominantly Latinx space, how do you not invade the space or navigate your identity there? Um, And, you know, I was thinking about, well, if someone has invited you and if you're going to be like caretaking white woman like oh no 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 like you know someone you're kind of taking away from that person's autonomy who has mm-hmm. invited you to the space um and then liana had a totally different perspective and that's the whole point is that it's all possible and true and if you're not <laughs> actually honestly having a conversation about hey listen this is my experience my identity i'm worried that i'm a white woman coming into this space and i appreciate that you invited me but i'm concerned about blank and then let them respond or you know if you're the other person in the conversation it's just so important to do the work of talking about it, and that is where we always stop. We just mm-hmm. avoid it. We avoid we it. There's it. also so much humility in it, too, right? Because we, you know, we're, we've worked together for so long, it's, we're able to sort of step back and go, whoa, <laughs> like, we have very different thoughts now than we started off with. But the, the conversation that we were having earlier, I think I shared with you, reminded me of this time where I was doing work with two very close um uh, friends of mine, uh, and we were talking about doing work around, um, you know, really being inclusive of women of color. And I'm pretty sure I like invited my white friend thing uh, along, you know, for the party, <laughs> and um, had no idea what I was doing. Like, I, of course, like I recognized it immediately following, but in that moment, I was I was focused on another thing, and I just wasn't seeing it. I just wasn't. And I still think about it constantly because, it, I mean, it was quite a while ago, you know, maybe almost like, you know, eight years ago or something. Um, but, yeah, it's really, really hard. And we're always going to make mistakes and it's always going to be challenging. And, yeah, talking about it, I think, is the most important part um, and understanding when, you know, and, and Sid, I, and, you know, I want I'm very curious how you think about this. I just thought about it just now. But, you know, how white people have used this conversation to just kind of twist everything up into this messy ball that in hopes to sort of rid them of any shame or fear they have about having hard conversations, too. Um, and I, I mean, an example of that would be. Um, the other day, or and this happens probably every day, <laughs> and I'm curious if it happens to you a little bit differently than it happens to me, but people say, oh, who are you? What do you do? Oh, da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, this is who I am. I do this work. And it's and the first thing that white women particularly say um, is usually, wow, yeah, I mean, everybody is really racist towards everybody. And they might say, oh, oh, you know, I, you know, some people get it a little worse than others, but I don't know. And so to me, that's just like, we got to figure this out. <laughs> like, like, that's what comes to mind, and I'm immediately turned off, right? And so I think that it just goes to show um, how much we need to have these conversations and, and hold each other accountable both ways, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, well, what I'm getting from what you're saying, or at least what it makes me think of, is how oh, often I am going to just say from being a white person and that perspective that we – externalize 
the conversation, which I think might be at least part of what you're talking about, you know, yeah, saying totally. like, oh, I, my intentions are so good, so I must not be fill in the blank, racist, patriarchal, you know, sexist, heteronormative, whatever, because I'm not trying to be, or I didn't vote for Trump, or like, you know, or, you know, what's the best one that I have a black fill in the blank kid, partner, whatever. So like, I'm good. You know, I've done so much work. I've read so many books. And it's just the reality is the best we can do is to educate ourselves as much as we can, but still be humble and acknowledge that we are always going to have the potential to play out racism in Mm -hmm. a sense or things that are from, you know, perpetuating white supremacy. We're always going to be complicit in it. And we have to continue to be able to receive feedback and be accountable and not make every conversation about racism about, oh, well, there are worse people out there or like the good intentions. Like, you know, I try so hard. I do this. I do that. I give money. I do whatever. All those things can still be like laced with racism. And we just have to acknowledge that they will always be there and move through them and keep addressing them and still being honest with people, right? Instead of trying to like preemptively censor everything that we say so we can appear good, right? Mm-hmm. Like we really have to integrate our own intentions too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's exactly part, part it totally of is. It totally is. And on the flip side of it, you know, it's something that I've had to interrogate in my own life too. What am I putting up with? How much am I going to give, say, forgive, um, address, not address? You know, I catch myself... Um, reacting very differently than I used to. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people could relate, but when I was young and growing up in grade school, high school, even college, I mean, I was just like mad. I was so mad. I was like, I'm going to, I will fight you. And the problem with that is, not that there's a problem in fighting, but the problem with that was, is I also really didn't understand a lot of the the nuance. I felt it. I knew it was there, but I didn't have words for it. And I was so angry that I think it was hard for me to back off um, and still feel like I was being helpful (laughs) in the world. Um, So now realizing that I don't have to, you know, come at everything, you know, guns blazing, Ah, I'm fighting racism. It's like, you know, I'm doing everything. It's like, it's okay for me to just look at that lady and just go, (laughs) okay, (laughs) and just walk away, (laughs) which I'm pretty sure is what I did in that situation. I was like, interesting. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm not going to have this conversation with you right now. I'm going to go about my day. Um, And just that alone um, has freed up so much emotional space for me um, to to do my work even better and to feel better about myself. Um, Yeah, and just sleep a little bit better at night. So it's it's interesting um, all of the ways that, you know, war exists, you know, against us. And um, I think it's fascinating that an important that white people particularly, right, learn how to critically think about what's happening and what they're doing, you know? It's like, it's so weird that there's always the same answer. It's like, Mm -hmm. literally, we could just go, Mm -hmm. and people have, right? There's so many brilliant people who talk about race, racism, patriarchy, heteronormative, all of this stuff, so many brilliant people. And there's been so, I mean, there's just, it's textbook. It's a joke, right? It's like an internet joke. There's just textbook answers to this shit. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't tell us something, I don't know what does. (laughs) It's like, it's like when you're white and you say that, how do you not see that? Like, how do you, do you not go, whoa, I just said the thing. Oh, I mean, (laughs) I am like a white 
lady from Minnesota. So I am the pinnacle of like, oh my gosh, do you like me? You have to <laughs> like me. And that I can for sure account for being a lot of the reason that I'm It's wanting to avoid the consequence of that. And that's like preemptively trying to get the answer, right? Like there is a singular answer to this and I have to get it. And it has to be supplied to me like pretty much entirely by people of color and that emotional labor. And then once I get the directive, I can follow it. And then it's like, I won't get in trouble. I won't do any of my own work. And it's not that we should not be, of course, listening to Asian people, black people, you know, native indigenous people talking about the experience of racism. But it's just that if you're just exclusively waiting for the directive without doing any of your own work and interrogation and just looking to get out of doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I think that like, you know, for personal experience, I had to question my motives. Like, am I trying to do right in the world or get closer to this person? Or am I trying to avoid accountability or a hard conversation? I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting because we study, obviously, Ibram X. Kendi a lot, and we have for for many years. And something that he talks a lot um, about is that, you know, racism um, is not something that is just hatred, right? It's not just like we want it to be, right? Because then it makes sense, because then you can just fit into a, a nice package of you know, good or evil or loving and, 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 and hateful. And so we want everything to fit into these like tight, nice, neat packages of, of this like intense binary opposition. But the reality is it's not true. And something that he teaches us is that, and something that I, when I first heard this, I was like on cloud nine, not only because I thought I was so smart because I actually thought something already that can be proved right, but, but also because, because it was, I had, I hadn't had the language for it in so long, but that self-interest is actually what's behind all of this, right? Um, self-interest is, are the reasons, you know, the things that we think of as hate, it's really just what we actually think is best for ourselves. And I think that, and just taking it at all costs, you know, and so when you kind of flip that narrative, it makes it a lot harder for people to get away with things. And that's really hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that, you know, if anything, hopefully even just this last few minutes, you know, just it's so obvious that when we talk about interracial relationships, it just leads you down a wormhole, right, of everything. Mm-hmm. Because it's it really is the root of humanity, you know, how we're going to be together. Mm-hmm. you know or not be right and when to draw the boundaries and how to negotiate that and how to know basically what we're trying to do is uh well i came up with this term earlier but i kind of hate it because it's arsenal <laughs> and it makes me think of war and then liana's like whatever it is war so whatever war <laughs> it is war we're trying to like expand this arsenal of thinking like the arsenal of possibilities and that doesn't mean that now everything is that post-racial like oh it's all good everybody's experience is exactly the same and we can still believe that there is the root of white supremacy culture or patriarchy and all of that but that the experiences manifest differently and just be more nuanced and thinking about our identity and how different pieces of our identity show up differently when we're interacting with different people and different relationships. And like, that is what we are trying to be more nuanced about that instead of just like the right answer all the time or the wrong answer all the time. And I don't want to have to go through or sit with any of the discomfort or the emotions that come up when I 
don't know or I make the wrong, quote unquote, wrong choice or the wrong move or I do oppress someone or I oppress myself or whatever. Like, you know, how how do we learn how to build some resilience to sit with those moments and then move on from them instead of just avoiding them Mm -hmm. as much as possible? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yay. We're exercising our muscles. Um, Yeah. Plenty of content. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And we uh, we don't just live here. Well, we do live here, but we also live on our Patreon. Oh, yeah, we do live on our Patreon. We um, maybe we should give a little background because I think that that's part of why we are back. (laughs) Our podcast is back. Right. It's something that we wanted to do so badly. This podcast, um, which you can imagine funding is not easy when you are two still young women. Um, and um, trying to make it in this world. And it was really challenging to find the place, the funds, et cetera, the people to help to do all of this work. Um, And, you know, we tried so many things. Um, And it's hard. (laughs) It's really, really hard. Um, But the thing that, that, that most greatly changed in the last year and a half is that we stopped doing um. I guess what we could call corporate mm-hmm. work. Yeah. What well, was getting called diversity and inclusion training. Mm-hmm. Even though we were very clear that that's not what we do. Um, that's how we kept being seen and kept being put in boxes. And um, we're over it. It was just abusive and terrible. And um, we'll talk about that more at a later date. But um, we realized that we couldn't be sort of complicit in in our own pain in that way anymore. Um, so we stopped. Uh, but that means that we are uh, back here on the podcast um, and we started a Patreon. So that's why we started a Patreon. So now we're here bringing all of this work um, to an individual level. Um, we are, we've always loved working with individual people. That's who has been most affected um, positively by our work. And that's what we want to keep doing. So we really hope that you will join us on Patreon where we have tons of stuff going on. Um, all kinds of stuff. What do we have going on on there, Sid? We've got resources. Resources. We have videos we make. Videos. Other teaching content. We have a lot of, like, you know, mental health type mm-hmm. activities and resources because if you're not taking care of your mental health while you're doing anti-oppression work, either with people or by yourself, you will become the oppressor. Oh, my gosh. You have <laughs> to consider your mental health. It's really important. Um, and the mental health of the people you're doing the work with or everyone you interact with. So we have that. Um, we are going to have a lot of guests. We are going to have offer, a lot of guests. Yeah, their time, their videos, interviews, their insights. Mm-hmm. So. We have relationship skills, too, which I just remembered, just kind of things that may not seem as directly related to um, intense conversation, but actual practice. Like, how do you just talk mm-hmm. to each other? <laughs> No matter what you're talking about. So we really, really hope that um, you will join us on Patreon and share the information, um, share it with your friends, have your friends join. The more people that we get, the more work we're able to do, the better we'll get at it because we won't be so stressed out. Right. And you get direct access to us. Some of the levels. Yeah, some of the levels you get direct access. So you can actually call us, ask us specific questions. Um, and this is great for so many people, um, especially when it comes to relationships. There are so many questions, you know, mm-hmm. um, what's acceptable, what's not. And you can you can literally just buy our time that way. Um, so we really hope to see you um, on our Patreon. And we promise to just keep getting better and better and better at this. And we're super <laughs> grateful that you uh, 
are here listening. So find us on Patreon. On Patreon is Center on Interracial Relationships. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, we're the Good People's Group. Mm-hmm. And our beautiful individual faces are <laughs> Sydney Oberg and Leona Manise. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're here. We're here for you guys. And we're just so excited to be back. Happy Valentine's Day. Go so show somebody some real love mm-hmm. and do the anti-oppression work. Yeah. Real love. Bye. Bye.